back to malfunction. It is time. It is time for us to settle in and have another lovely conversation, my friends. And let me tell you, this one does not disappoint. We have Michael Witt back on the podcast, and we are talking about his new album coming out called Rose Smoke and Flower Boy. And I can't express to y'all enough how much magic was caught in this conversation. This is a very special time for Michael. He is definitely going through a distinct like season in his life. And it's really cool when you are going through that sort of time. You know it's a time of growth and you're really aware of it. And that's sort of the situation he's found himself in. So this wasn't just an album, him putting some songs together and, okay, cool, let me put this down and release it and that's that. No, this is a whole movement, really, in his life. It's a whole story that has a lot of layers, a lot of cool twists and turns, and we talk about it all. It's just probably one of my favorite conversations to date and... I'm just really excited for the full album to come out because he's already released two singles um, called Naked and Heaven Doesn't Stay the Same. So you can already find those on Spotify or really anywhere you listen to music. Um, And then there's going to be a full album that's released on June 21st. So there's a lot to talk about here in this conversation and... I always leave my talks with Michael feeling rejuvenated, encouraged, inspired, and understood. And I truly feel like we're kindred spirits for real because we can really talk about stuff together and I genuinely think that we caught a really awesome conversation. So I don't want to take up too much more time, but I did want to talk about a couple of things that I've been thinking about. And I think I'm going to change how I release the podcast to I'm going to start doing every other week because I don't want to go into too much detail because that's just not what I want to do right now. Um, But I've got some stuff that I'm working on. All of this is good. All of this is good stuff. All right. I'm just I'm finding myself having a hard time with finding enough time to do everything And I definitely want to keep doing the podcast because this is really awesome. It's great for me. Um, I'm learning so much about myself and I'm really enjoying these conversations. Um, So I'm definitely going to keep doing the podcast. I'm just going to adjust to doing it every other week because I'm also being pulled in a couple of other directions that I think y'all will like as well, to be honest, I just have to get some of this stuff in motion, and I don't want to say too much about it yet. So, I'll just leave it like a huge, giant mystery for y'all to try to solve. (laughs) All right, enough of this. Let's get into the episode. Leave a rating wherever you listen to the podcast. That would be super fantastic. And on that note, I'll see y'all on the other side. All 
I've found a lot of success with creative projects doing a similar thing because in my mind, if I, you know, get to the point where I'm having a good time and I'm getting stuff done and I come to a natural stopping point, I make myself stop even if I don't want to, because then when I step away for like a lot of times I'll stop for the day at that point, or I'll try to at least. Um, because then when I, when I think about going back to pick the task back up recording or writing or whatever, then in my memory, the last like association that I have is like joyfully pursuing the thing rather than like dragging along. And so, um, yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's, it's actually kind of like a night and day difference implementing that. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And that sounds like that. I, I like that. I like that thought process and I can see how that leads to success, you know, and, um, I think that's really wise. I'm, I think I'm going to, I'm not, I don't think, I know I'm going to try to incorporate yeah, that you in should. my it's vision, like leave you know? yourself. Yeah, leave yourself wanting more. For sure. I like that a lot. And I'm glad that we're kind of talking about this because obviously I want to talk to you about your album that's coming out. And, you know, from this point forward, I I don't want to disclose like too much about kind of what I'm doing at this point because I don't. Sure. But I'm going to kind of touch on it maybe in an indirect way. Cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I really want to talk to you about your album because, you know, Obviously, I've got some stuff kind of in the works myself that's yeah. like some projects. And, you know, I have to be really honest with you, Michael. Like, you have really inspired me this year. And just watching you move through the world and watching you tap into, like, your creative endeavors. And like it's a very genuine energy. And I'm all about it. And it's inspiring me to pursue my own passions because of just like the joy that I'm I get from listening to your songs and like watching your content and stuff like that so first like thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and I'm really excited to hear more of the album just because like I said like I've already been very inspired myself and so I'm excited to talk to you about like what went into this process, where you're at with it, how you got it done. I got I got a million freaking questions, Michael, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm I'm ready for them. I I I appreciate it. I'm really happy to hear that. Um I I'm like I'm excited to to dig into this just because I love this project so much and I love the process and like I believe in this little album. <laughs> for sure. I love it. I love that. And so tell me where did the process start for you? Where's, when was the initial moment that the movement started in your head to like, Hey, I'm going to create, I'm going to, I'm going to write an album. Like, do you know when that started for you? Um, I have no idea. It's like, I've tried to think about this and I've, I've tried to communicate it, um, before and it's a little difficult to, to pin down in my memory because at this point it's all just sort of a, 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 a soup. It's, it's, it's more of a soup than it is like, um, you know, a, a divided plate of, of that, that metaphor doesn't make any sense. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, there wasn't really like one moment of inception, you know, where I was like, it, it wasn't like a movie moment where I was sitting at the desk, like torturing myself over what I was going to do and ping the light bulb goes off. I'm going to write an album. Um, 
after I moved uh, or after my fiance and I moved to Nashville in August, um, I like was trying to write and at the time I felt like I was struggling, but it, you know, looking back, I realized that the process was happening, happening exactly as it was supposed to. Um, so by like January of this year, I had a small handful of songs and I knew that I wanted to do something and the language that I was using like to friends on TikTok and, and, and the like was that I was going to be doing an acoustic project. I wasn't calling it an album. I wasn't really sure what it was going to be or what I was going to do. I just knew that I was going to do an acoustic project. Um, so uh, this probably was into February, early March, I guess. Uh, I got on the phone with a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Mikey. He plays in a brilliant prog rock band called Outside In. Um, so I met Mikey through TikTok and I got on the phone with him because he does uh, like marketing and, and graphic design and whatnot as a day job. And he said, let's, let's talk and I'll kind of help you hammer out, you know, these ideas that you've got. And at this point, I was like entertaining the idea of doing an album more, more than I had in the past, uh-huh. because up to this point, I've kind of just taken an album off the shelf because the past several years have basically just been, um, I've just been locked in this mindset of releasing singles as frequently as I can until I get a huge follower base. And then I won't release an album until, you know, the people are begging for it. And I just, the, I, like I didn't, there wasn't a moment where I threw that idea completely out the window either. It sort of just fizzled over time. Um, so by the time I got on the phone with my friend Mikey, I was just like, you know, I've got this thing that I want to do. I've got a handful of songs that I really believe in, but I don't want to just put an album out to nobody. So I want to come up with a plan. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and Mikey actually helped me flesh out the idea of doing a documentary that was going to follow me on this house show tour that I'm going to go on later in the summer. And I remember this moment, uh, I just remember being like, telling him I've got a lot more to say than just hear some music hope you like it um and out of that conversation actually came you know the idea for the kickstarter which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit um but it was sort of like after that phone call it was just apparent to me that the album was gonna get made like it was like the album decided to make me yeah it was almost like the energy it's like an archetype. You don't really have a say. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was almost like it was like a it was like a tornado forming. Uh-huh. Like it, it's a tornado doesn't just form in an instant. You know, it swirls up in the sky and the clouds converge and, and spin around each other and then the thing dips down and then it touches the ground at one point. It's like momentum, um, you know, it gains momentum. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. So there is a moment where the thing hits the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, where the light bulb really goes off. But at that point, it's like it's hard for me, the act, you know, the creator of the album to be like, oh, this was the moment because I was feeling the storm um, brew for months and months and months. So by the time I actually started talking out loud about the album, it was like, well, this is this decision has been in the making without me even knowing it yeah oh i love that and that's why it's so that's why it's so good (laughs) that's the energy that i'm talking about is like a genuine it's a thing that's happening that is 
almost bigger than you. You know what I mean? That's exactly how it feels. Rose Smoking Flower Boy feels a lot more like something that happened to me than something that I just yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So that conversation really was the point that things really started to make, like, take a shape and some goals were set because you have, like, real objectives. And so, mm-hmm. so, like, How'd you pick the songs? Were these new songs? Are these songs that you've been writing over years? Or are these new that were all of them within the last few months? Um, All of them except for one are new. Like all of them except for one have basically been um, um, written since I've been in Nashville. Now, Naked, which is the first single from Rose Smoking Flower Boy, available now or if you listen to music. <laughs> um, Naked, I had started writing in Dallas uh, but I wasn't able to finish it until I got to Nashville. Okay. And I, I re like, it didn't, you know how you've heard the song, you know how it has a bounce. Uh-huh. It didn't have that bounce when I started writing it. That, that didn't come out until after I got to Nashville either. So in my mind, it's like naked wasn't naked until I got to Nashville. Um, but the only other song that's older is from, uh, is called heaven doesn't stay the same. I did like a reworked acoustic version of, um, of that song, uh, which I had released a full band version back in 2021. Yeah. Is that last year? Was Heaven Doesn't Say the Same release last year? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, yes, all the other songs are very new, and and you've you've already heard two of them, um, Naked and Whistle in the Holler, and so I'm I'm sure it's already very apparent to you how different all of this music is is going to sound, but like man it's 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 difficult for me to even imagine what i was doing on my you know on as a brother and and the singles that came after that just because the music that i'm making now sounds and feels so different yeah as it probably should you know as you're right. evolving and learning yourself um and so that's really it's really inspiring to watch someone like go with that flow, uh, yeah. like you are just really interacting with that quote unquote purpose, or I don't know, just that intrinsic thing that's within the cosmos that like you energetically and emotionally and spiritually align with, you know? So, yeah, yeah. It's, um, and like a few words that I think about, I wrote some words down that, come to mind when I think about the two singles that you've released so far like when I'm listening to the songs I feel peaceful I feel happy I feel content I feel spiritual and cosmic those are the words that came to mind like what would you do you resonate with that or how do you feel about those words do they connect with you I I mean they connect very very deeply with me um so I are you familiar with Submit Hub? Mm-mm. Okay, so I'll briefly explain it. Basically, there's a website called Submit Hub where you buy like tokens or credits, and you use those tokens or credits to submit your song to like journalists and Spotify playlist curators and whatnot. And it's kind of just a miserable corner of the internet in yeah. my experience. So I had some leftover credits 
Um, and you know, I submitted naked to like two or three journalists. I was just like, you know, I got to use these credits at some point or they're going to be wasted. So let me just use them. And all three people told me that naked was too ethereal for them to, to feature on their website or on their playlist. And at first it got to me, just like all rejection gets to me initially. Um, and then I was like, this is actually kind of the greatest thing a journalist could have said to me. Uh, because like, that's what a lot of people have said to me in the past. Like I I've just gotten, uh, used to the idea that I'm too much for some people. And so, you know, a journalist telling me that my song was too ethereal for them is actually perfect. It, it's fine. Like it, it's not to their taste and that's fine because I, I, um, I feel like that just shows that I'm being true to myself. You yeah. know, if, if that's what I am, then whatever, not everybody's going to like it. And, and, and I've, I, you know, I, I ended up being fine with it, but yeah, I, I mean, contentment and peaceful and happy. Like I, I'm not sure like what else I could possibly want from mm -hmm. people listening to my music. Like, cause, cause you're not the first person to say that. And, and it's really, this is the first time in my life really that um, I'm creating something that, that people are interested in, like really genuinely interested in without me having to shove it down their throats. And the group of people is quite small, but, but there's, there's a group of, of loving, delightfully strange people around this project that are here because they love the music. And I've, I've gotten a few different, uh, I've, I've, I've heard from a few different people uh, by this point that, that naked and whistling the holler also make them feel, um, at peace and content and, um, you know, spiritual. And, and like, that's how I feel when I'm listening to the songs. That's how I felt when I was making them. So it just like makes my little freak heart burst at the seams to hear that people are feeling the same way. Yeah, that's that's cool. And I mean, damn, good for you for putting yourself out there that way. There's not a lot of people that just are willing to put themselves out there. And then, you know, if some, if you don't hear what you want to hear or that you would like to hear, that's a whole nother level of being able to say, well, you know what, that's OK. You know, um, that takes maturity and perspective and um. I don't know. That's like, that's a really big hurdle to get over that. If you're able to do that, then I think that you, you've really reached a different level because like that literally means freaking nothing. Like whoever the hell that journalist is, you know, exactly. And it just yeah. doesn't mean anything. And, and it is just really true that there are some people that just will not like our songs and that's just how it is. But yeah. that is not indicative of, the thousands and millions of people really that will connect with our songs because like, exactly there's so many people in this world and, um, and like, you know what, there are songs that people like or they don't like, but 10 years later they understand it differently or something like yep. that. You know, it, music is its own ocean of like waves and currents exactly and it's so, a lot it's got a life of its own sure and like i believe in these songs and they they they're tiny little baby birds and i've pushed them out of the nest and like they might struggle to fly at first but they seem to be doing all right to me um because i've changed what i'm focusing on like yeah. there's a lot of 
I mean, in the indie, the indie music world is, is just like full of rejection and disappointment and discontentment and, um, just busy minded hustling and it's fucking exhausting. Um, but like by focusing on the people who are already here with me and are already interested in what I'm doing, it's made, it's made, it's, it's, it's a binary difference. Like it's made a binary difference between the way that I've approached music and the way that I felt about my own music and like the way that I define success, because now at this point, it doesn't matter to me if these songs don't ever get picked up by journalists or if, if they never get like industry approval or whatever, because you know, I've got five friends who DM me on TikTok every couple weeks and say, Hey, just wanted you to know that I was listening to naked again. And I still love it just as much as I did the day I heard it. And it's like, if I focus on that, then all of my dreams have already come true. So, so why would I torture myself by being worried about, um, you know, approval from an industry that I don't really even value anyways. Yeah. It's like, what is that even mean? But yeah, that's really, I, I really admire that. And going into the process of the album. Yeah. So you decide, okay, we're going to make, I'm going to make this album. And I I think I heard you talk about at one point, because I'm not really on TikTok. I'm sorry. I'm, right. I'm behind, okay. Michael. I'm an That's elder right. millennial. I'm trying to get myself. <laughs> I've got so many. Okay, it's like, it's not that I don't want to be on TikTok. It's just that I have so many things that I'm trying to develop right now that it's just i god dang man there's not enough freaking hours in the day or that's, I, that's how i feel I, I totally get it i'm in a similar spot I'm like just i've trying, had trying yeah. i'm trying to like you know too many what i don't know what i'm trying to say here but it'll happen when it's ready to happen or it won't it, it, it'll all work out how it's supposed to yeah i mean I, I definitely see the value in it i think there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it and um i know it's definitely something i need to explore more but anyways that's a whole nother excuse rant that i could go (laughs) (laughs) but um okay so didn't you record a lot of the stuff like live on tiktok the whole album or how did that i did like 85 percent of this album on tiktok that's cool so how did you decide to do that uh that was another decision that i didn't necessarily consciously make it kind of just happened um so yeah, you know, after so early March, I got off the phone with Mikey and had the Kickstarter idea. So I spent the next few weeks like trying to get the elements of the Kickstarter lined up, you know, getting the the reward tiers figured out, uh, getting the story, the narrative crafted, making the video, all that stuff. So the Kickstarter launched on April 1st. And I was just like very aware of the fact that I needed to constantly promote the thing. So uh, April 1st, the Kickstarter launches and uh, on April 2nd, I don't think I went live that first day because I was like really pushing on Instagram. Um, but on April 2nd, I went live and, uh, you know, really spent a lot of time focusing on the Kickstarter, talking about it, you know, answering questions, whatever. Um, but I, I just remember being in the studio that day and it dawning on me like, oh, shit, I've announced an album 
to be released on June 21st and it's April 1st and only one song is done. Like Naked was the only song that was complete at that point. None of the other ones I'd even started recording. Yeah. So it was like, I better get my shit together and record the rest of this album. And like, it just, it wasn't even really a decision to do it on TikTok. It just was like, of course I'm going to be on TikTok while I do this because why wouldn't I? Um, so those first few days was kind of just, you know, me sort of just figuring it out, just like recording whistle in the holler. Cause that was a song that I did right after naked. Um, and, and really pushing the Kickstarter and, and then working on whistle in the holler. But the next like couple of weeks, like once it got to like mid, uh, mid to late April, I, I noticed that the, the TikTok live sessions, had started to become something way beyond what I was expecting. Um, and, and at that point, like the Kickstarter kind of took a back seat and, and the, the main focus was recording the album and doing it on TikTok live. Mm -hmm. So I, I noticed after about a week of doing the rose smoking flower boy sessions on, on live that the same like 10 to 20 people were coming back every single day and they were staying the entire time. So when you go live on TikTok, um, you know, you scroll the For You page, which is basically you swipe up to find videos. It's similar to Instagram, only the video takes up the whole screen. And every once in a while, a live stream will pop up and people can just like sit there. And so a lot of people filter in and out of TikTok live sessions. Okay. So like by the end of a live stream, you know, if I was streaming for four hours, I might've had 900 unique viewers, but most of them just stay for 10 seconds and then they're like, nah, not, not it. And then they'll go. Yeah. Um, but I was noticing that the same like 10 to 20 people were coming back every day and they were staying most, if not the whole time. And they were engaging in the comment section the entire time. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is like the biggest lesson that, the biggest lesson in freaking music marketing is to engage with your fans. And for the first time I was like, Oh, this is what fans are. They're people who are actually interested in your stuff who are not family or friends. Like yeah. these are strangers that became friends through the album making process um, on TikTok live. And I basically just like, leaned hard into that because it it and and again that wasn't really a decision it was just like that's just what ended up happening because that's where i felt good that's where i felt like i could be myself and people wanted to watch and listen to me be myself and then they would like share themselves in the comment section and unfortunately tiktok live is a bit one-sided because i'm the one being filmed and everybody else just has like texting uh comments um, and yeah. so I ended up like, I've actually just today, I wrapped up, uh, the process of like downloading all of those live streams to my computer. And, um, like, I really shouldn't have to film all that much additional promotional content for this album because I've got probably close to a hundred hours. Of, wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a how lot. Long, yeah. How long would a typical recording session um, yeah, the, the lives, the TikTok lives were anywhere between two and five hours. And, uh, especially in the, in the first few, first two to three weeks of April, it was pretty much every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and then I started tapering off towards the end of April, um, as the album got a little closer to being done. Um, 
So any, you know, anywhere between two to five hours. And I did do some stuff off of TikTok live because, you know, my, my, my friends were coming in and wanting to chat with me and talk with me and ask questions. And then uh, new friends would come in, you know, every, it's gotten to the point where every time I go on TikTok live, you know, somebody new will come in and by the end of the stream, they'll be like a friend. They'll be a new friend. They'll listen to the music. They'll like, go check out my other videos because it's very simple. Like you literally just treat people like people mm -hmm. and you know as as far as like you know metrics and numbers and followers like if that's your only measure they'll reward you handsomely um but you know that's it's not why i do it i decided a, several months ago i just decided that what i wanted from music was adventure and um community and once I recognized that those were the things that I was actually looking for, it became very clear that music could provide those things pretty easily. Um, so, you know, operating from those two values, like, made all of this so much easier because I, people come into the live stream and I'm not immediately, like, pitching them on my music and, and telling them to do whatever. Um, I'm communicating with them like they're a new friend in, in a, in a, in a hangout. What I, the way I describe it to people is like, you found, um, and I've got, Oh my God, I've got probably close to 10 different types of spiels at this point that I've like <laughs> honed uh, over all of this time. Um, but one of the things that I say a lot on my live streams is that like, you know, welcome to Michael Witt's Magical Fam Jam Fantasy Hour. You found the weird corner of the internet. <laughs> um, this life is like being plopped into a gigantic house party that you didn't necessarily ask to 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 go to, but you're you're here now. So you're trying to find your place, and and maybe you've like bopped around and and you've tried, you know, hanging with a few different um, clicks and crowds, and it didn't really work out well in my live stream, you've now found the, the like chill vibe back room where all the weird kids have, have congregated. So like there's a Dungeons and Dragons game going on in the corner. Then there's like five people playing Super Smash Brothers. Somebody's doing a tarot reading on the other side of the room. There's an acoustic guitar. All, that's what my live stream is like. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, that's, it's, it's again, it, it wasn't a decision. That's just what, that's what other people told me. And so then I kind of like honed what they were saying into like a sales pitch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've lost the thread on what you asked and where I was, what I was supposed to be answering, but <laughs> no, you're fine. You're, this is, there are no freaking rules. Good. Okay. So you did a lot of the recording on TikTok. So are you, did you mix the songs or how did you handle like that process are you doing the whole shebang the recording producing mixing i'm doing most of the shebang so i recorded it all in my little hobbit hole studio here in nashville tennessee um i mixed the project uh i had a couple of friends here in nashville come over and sing vocals um my friend kelsey alger did the harmonies on sweet jane which is a song that you'll hear on june 10th and then my friend Anushka did harmonies on the acoustic version of Heaven Doesn't Say the Same, which actually comes out midnight tonight at the time of filming this. It comes out on Tuesday, May 31st. Um, and then my friend Kenzie Webb from, actually from Dallas, uh, played drums on Sweet Jane and then a, a couple songs called History, Mystery, and Charlie Kind. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I did all the instruments and, you know, vocals and whatnot, uh, just here in my little, here in my little room in Nashville, um, mixed all the tracks and I was using Lander, which is an AI mastering software. Um, but at the end of April, I did a podcast interview with my friend Mikey actually on TikTok. He has a podcast called Inside Out. Um, and one of his friends, uh, his name is Bent Royce actually lives here in Nashville. So Bent, uh, was introduced to me through that podcast interview. Uh, ben and I ended up going to Radnor Lake here in Nashville and kind of walking around and just chatting for a couple hours. And he offered to um, handle all of my mastering uh, for free, which was kind of mind boggling um, that somebody was willing to do that for me. And wow. so the album itself was mastered by my dear friend, Benton Royce. That's so incredible. It's it, like you said, you know, like the relationships that you build with people and, and how those things end up working out. And um, it's interesting how all that plays out and unfolds. You never know what's going to happen or how you're going to collaborate with someone or. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I was wondering how you were handling the mixing and like the mastering. And um, but at this point. Is the whole album completely done and you're just sort of dropping these singles, a couple more singles, and then the full album? Or do you have any more tweaking left on it? Where does that stand? No tweaking. The album is done. Ah! I submitted it. Yeah, I know. It's very exciting. I submitted it for distribution last last week, actually. Um, Heaven Doesn't Say the Same is out uh, the 31st and then Sweet Jane on June 10th and the whole album on June 21st. So yeah, at this point, I'm kind of just like taking a little bit of a breather, um, probably a little bit of, uh, probably a little bit more of a break than I should be just because I need to be, you know, continuing to make content. Um, but, you, you know, I'm giving myself some freaking grace because yeah. regardless of the content and the promotion and whether or not anything goes viral, like I did this bitch, like I made this album, it's done. I no longer have to like, stay up at night being like, well, what do I got to do tomorrow? What tracks need to be done? Oh, what about this and that and the other? Like, the album is done. It's yes. real. Yes. God, yeah. what a freaking accomplishment. Does that feel really, really good to get that done? And, I mean, what a freaking huge accomplishment. Congratulations. I Thank you. It, it feels really good. I'm in a little bit of a weird, I don't, the past, like, several days i've just been in like a little weird energetic slump um and i think part of that is just because like you know there's this big project that i was focusing on all day every day for what felt like mm. two months um in reality it was probably really like a month and a half of just like hardcore all day every day focus and now that that's done i'm kind of just like what the fuck am I supposed to be doing right now? Mm. Um, because, it's that weird in between. Yeah, exactly. And and like I I recognize that I need a break. Mm -hmm. Um, like I need a, a a solid like real break away from my phone, not promoting, not making content, not doing shit. Like I need time to just do nothing. But I don't want to do that yet because you know. I, I believe in whistling the holler and I believe in, in like, I, I just believe that the song is worth the energy to promote it and make content. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just be like, okay, the album's done. So like now I'm taking a break. I'm, I'm going to, you know, 
keep my foot on the gas as best I can until June 21st. And then I've already, I've made a pact with myself that on the day of the album's release, I'm going to get off my phone for a week. Um, I'm going to just get off social media and, and just do my best to, to hang out with friends here in Nashville and just kind of maybe even just be bored. Like I'm just going to take at least like a week. And then after that, I'll come back and keep promoing and, you know, continuing to busk out in Nashville. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that break, but, but right now we're pretty much in promo mode. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that, well, that's good that you, um, are recognizing that you need a break mm-hmm. and that you've got sort of a finish line that you're, you're working to. Um, yeah. cause yeah, man, that's, that's a hard, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I've been struggling with that big time too, where I've got a lot of stuff I'm working on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also a huge part of me where that's screaming at, at me actually that you need a break. You need yep. a break. And and like what you were saying, not just a day where I'm not doing quote unquote anything around the house. No, I need a disconnect my phone. I need to be out in nature, something like that where yep. I'm completely resetting. And I mean, I do I am excited because Caroline and I we are we're going to Santa Fe at the oh, end. Oh, I of, remember. Yeah, that sounds yeah. so exciting. And we're gonna go for like a full seven days. Um and so that'll, I think that'll be a good chance for me to have a really good disconnect and like true reset because like I'm really, that's kind of my finish line right now. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen between now and then with all of my like kind of the projects I'm working on, but I do feel like it, there's going to be some stuff that unfolds within that time frame. So hopefully that'll be sort of my June 21st that's for you, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that big time because I do know that I need a break. And so I'm trying to find ways to, even though I can't take the big break right now, I'm trying to figure out ways to literally like really try to find a break. And another thing that I'm, that's been screaming at me and it's been screaming at me for like years now, but like meditation, um, that's another, like that's something that I'm really going to start putting some effort into, you know, we were talking about those little routines that, hey, just show back up the next day and it doesn't have yep. to be earth shattering or life changing, but just show up, do the thing and it's not going to hurt you, you know? So I think that's yep. one of the next like uh, things I want to incorporate within my routine to hopefully help create a little break within the day that I need. Um, and just for my mindfulness and spiritual I don't know connection. So, cause like I, I'm definitely, and I want to talk to you about how you're feeling spiritually right now and kind of like what's going on with you because I have so much moving within me, but it's almost, in, I can't even hardly articulate what I'm feeling, but God damn, there's a lot moving within me right now. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean like, where, how are you feeling spiritually and do you think this album has anything connected with where you're at like with that connection yeah it's it's a little hard to pin down at the moment because like i i'm in this weird i'm in this weird place i don't know where you know i'm i, I can illustrate it probably the best by um 
sharing the the like relationship that I have with the music that I'm listening to at the moment. And I'm basically going through one of those little kind of like a musical dry spell mm-hmm. where like all of the music that I used to want to listen to just kind of, you know, isn't hitting like it, it did a few months back. Uh-huh. You know, you ever go through that oh where it's like, God. you know, yes. all your favorite songs, you're like, ah, you know, I still love this song, but it, it doesn't like grip me like it used to. Yeah. And it's really easy to be like to, to, to let that be the moment um, that makes you spiral out. Um, so I've been trying to really, you know, remember like, this doesn't mean anything's wrong. Like this is a normal thing. And I, I think that, you know, Rose Smoking Flower Boy has a lot to do with this for, for the min- uh, reason that I mentioned earlier. Like I spent the past, you know, Jesus Christ, several months, like since we moved to Nashville, it's just been boom. Like we, we put our feet on the ground in Nashville. And from then it was like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like the move itself was like this, you know, big, scary, magical experience that I think I talked to, uh, that I think I talked about on the first podcast episode that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, that's that, like that, all of that magic and all of that wonder and that, like, that just like delightfully frightening experience. I mean, just everything was so new and that's what all these songs came out of that yeah. experience like that just like childlike like wide-eyed like slightly afraid just like overwhelmingly fascinated with every little thing that was in front of me um and rose smoking like the actual creation of rose smoking flower boy was like the distillation of those of all of that experience into an actual thing mm-hmm. and now that the album is done I'm just like suspended in this like, whoa, because like, it's almost like now that Rose Smoking Flower Boy is done, it almost feels like that era is done. Mm. Like, it's not that the magic is gone by any means, but I mean, shit, I felt the past, like the the last couple of weeks of the album making process, I could feel the muse on my shoulder being like, you have you got to wrap this up because I've got to go. Like you need to take a break and then I will come back for the next thing, but I've got to go. Um, oh, I love, so, I just, I love that, that it's like illustrating the, the push and pull of life. The exactly, the exactly. flow, the, the joy and pain, all of it. It just like, it's almost like that's just like rumbling around within you. Um, or that's exactly. like what I'm, I, that's what's coming to my head when you're, when you're explaining this, it's like literally yeah. life, you know, it's exactly, it's like the flower has bloomed the, oh! the rose smoking flower boy. I mean, the, the flower is in the blooming process when it's underneath the ground, you know? Um, so I spent a lot of time as a little seedling and then I sprouted up out of the ground and then like the flower grew and grew and grew and then, and then eventually it bloomed. And just for like a couple weeks, it was just this like wide open hibiscus flower, just like, just, just absorbing every last ounce of magic that I could possibly take in. And what it feels like is now that Rose Smoking Flower Boy is a thing like it's it there, there's an actual like tangible thing to point to it's like the flower bloom the hibiscus it's like clipping a hibiscus flower you know mm-hmm. and if you've seen a hibiscus flower you know it just opens up and it's huge and like the petals fan out and then there's like the little yellow like tendrils that come out of the middle it's gorgeous but it's been clipped 
So like you've got something that you can hold in your hand, but the thing is no longer alive. Once you clip a flower, it's not alive anymore. You get to look at the thing in your hands, but the thing won't grow. And so that's kind of what it feels like. And so the, 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 the stalk, the stem is like wilting and is going to return to the earth and give rise to the next thing. But it is a weird, you know, place to be for me a human being just sitting here being like oh fuck man like i don't know if the magic's ever going to find me again it i don't I, I listen to althea by the grateful dead and it doesn't make me you know just doesn't move me like it did back in september and i just need to keep reminding myself like it's not supposed to man the magic isn't gone the magic just changes like it's not going to look or sound or feel the same all the time that's why it's magic like magic is alive if it always looked and felt and sound the same it sounded the same then then it wouldn't it wouldn't be the living thing that it is so the only things that stay the same are dead things um so i'm just kind of like sitting in that moment where like you know uh, I, I'm, i've reached the end of a cycle you know mm, man that's beautiful that's so that's so beautiful and um man i just i i really love that and i love that that's how you feel about it and um it just makes sense to me too when you're explaining that like when you're speaking on those things and how you feel about the album it it's making me think about how lately i've just really been just so aware of all of these bigger cycles in this realm that we're in i don't know just how Mm-hmm. The sun rises, the sun sets, like we are mm-hmm. born and then we pass away. And, and like all of these cyclical, the cyclical nature of this realm and like energy and the ebbs and flows. And um, and like when I was talking about earlier, it's kind of like an archetype where you didn't mm-hmm. really have a choice of the matter and mm-hmm. you don't really have a choice on how long it stays. And, you know, like... You can engage with these energies, um, but they don't always stay the same. And you don't, you can't take it as like something's wrong or whatever. There's always an energy to engage with. There's always an archetype to engage with Mm -hmm. um, and to learn from whatever experience we're like residing in, you know? But it seems like there's this strong connection of cycles and and it's just it trips me out a little bit i don't know it's hard to explain well i mean the album itself like i mean the the music especially geez naked and whistle in the holler is about are about as freak folk as i've ever gotten (laughs) um those those two songs in particular are like very deeply inspired by nature itself uh they were actually born from the same moment um, like they're like they're they're sister songs. Um, they're they're twin flames. Mm. Um, but the whole album is is like feels like a musical reflection of just you know whatever natural elements I was I've been looking at <laughs> for the past six months. Rivers, you know, mm. trees, the 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 autumn, you know, the 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 changing colors of the autumn, and then um, the fallen leaves, and then the way that spring comes and brings back uh, a little green and then the way that little green bursts into summer like it's what the album itself feels like it, I, I don't really know how to explain it mm-hmm. um yeah but 
yeah, it's 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 all it's all a cycle, man. It's it's all <laughs> it's all cyclical and and that's what I'm just trying to remind myself of right now. And and that's what that's what's exciting is like, you know, now that Rose Smoking Flower Boy is done, I get to do another thing. Like I get to do the next thing. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That's a really good way to look at it and I agree with you. It's just like it's it's there's a lot of cycles that we're going to go through and you just got to enjoy it and recognize you know, recognize when you're in a really cool moment. I remember whenever um, I was coaching at UT Dallas and we went yeah. on this like really awesome run one year. Like we went to the Sweet 16 and uh, we were sitting on the bus leaving for, I think it was we were about to go, I don't know, I can't remember. It was we were about to go to like the conference tournament or mm-hmm. we were about to go travel to the regional. I don't remember. But that whole year was really magical there was a lot of things that just worked out there's a lot of effort in the right places everybody had really truly understood a common goal and like when everyone's energy is truly engaging uh, and trying to reach a goal in a genuine manner freaking really cool things can happen and it's pure magic yeah yeah and it doesn't mean that everything was always easy or uh, comfortable or there were very tense times. There were hard times. There were a lot of battles that we went through together, but we went through them together and there was always like an underlying common understanding of that. We loved each other. We wanted the best for the team, like the things that we were doing, you know, showing up, working hard every day, putting in all these hours. Um, but I just remember specifically, like we were sitting on the bus there, and the girls were they had everybody had just gone on the bus. They were everybody was being all goofy and funny, and uh, Polly, the head coach, she was sitting like right in front of me, you know. And I just said, "Hey, man, you know there are certain times." I was like, "You know, most of the time, when you you don't really realize that you're in." good times quote unquote until Mm -hmm. they pass and then you're looking back and you're like oh because oftentimes you look at those situations through rose colored lenses and stuff like that but there are times when you are in those moments when it's a really magical moment and you recognize you're in that moment and when you recognize you're in this like energetic field whether it's for a day or you're in a little bit of an era like a couple of weeks or months when you recognize that, that's so beautiful. Um, and so, like, I remember looking at her and being like, we are in some really, really good times right now. And we need to really take a look around, enjoy these moments, because these are some moments we're going to all look back on for the, like, literally for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It was magical, you know? So I, I love I love that because, you know, I've experienced a similar thing when I was on a, a football team my like sophomore year of high school um but yeah you're exactly right like I think you just like described what it's like to be in one of these moments perfectly um and it it really like I'm thankful that I'm in a place where I was able to recognize this time making roast smoking flower boy because I recognized it mm. pretty early on yeah. I was like this is something really special happening right now and um it feels like a gift, right? And like I, I said it earlier, like it, this this album doesn't really 
feel as much like something that I just decided to make and I made a willpower. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like something that happened to me and it, it feels like a gift. Um, and, and I remember a couple of years ago, you and I were hanging out and you like went even more in depth, um, on, on that like year, uh, that you, that you were just talking about. And, and I, I really love hearing about people's experiences in the magic, no matter if it's sports or music or writing or, you know, mountain climbing or whatever, because it's like, it's always, it, once you strip away the aesthetic, you know, basketball, music, it doesn't matter. The core of it is the same. Mm-hmm. When you recognize that like you've submitted to something greater than yourself and you're just like allowing the thing to move you. And in the moment you're recognizing that you're being moved and appreciating the thing for moving you. That's like life itself to me. That's, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's like life giving in, in the deepest sense of that phrase. Um, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. It's like, it's the, we're engaging with the mystery. Yes. I love that way of putting it. Yes, exactly. Engaging with the mystery. It's that thing that we, this thing that we're all connected. Um, and just the underlying fact that we're all here experiencing this, this thing. Like, I think you're real, you know, I, I don't <laughs> know for sure, but like, right. I think you're real. And I think that you are, I think other human beings, um, you know, different, there's like nuance to that, I think. Sure. Just like your level of awareness and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like, what the hell is actually going on here? And then you layer whenever you do something really cool and it gives you that ecstatic feeling and you can't really explain it or something happens like you go through something where, like you said, that happened to you. You didn't necessarily quote unquote create that. That wasn't just you doing something. That was something moving through you. That was like Mm -hmm. the mystery that we don't really understand and where it came from, how you, how it, I don't know. It's just, it's to me, we might've talked about this on the last episode we did together. Um, you know, in this context, I'll refer to her as creativity, but in the context of sports, I'm sure you can come up with a different name for her. But to me, it feels like the same spirit. Be- uh, I, I um, treat creativity like a, like a, like an autonomous entity, essentially. Mm. Um, like it's a, it's a, it's a goddess that I choose to enter into a relationship with. And, and I get this perspective from Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, so if anybody is like, interested it in you know what i'm saying it's straight from the mouth of elizabeth gilbert and i'm sure she got it straight from the mouth of somebody else um but but yeah like it's like when i started to treat creativity like like a like a like a thing like as if it was this goddess then i was able to say i will accept what you bring me like i will allow you to make what what it, I will allow it's oh God I'm rambling at this point because it's so difficult to pin down. No, I, I um, I'm following you 100%. Okay, so it's like creativity is like a goddess. It's like a it's like an entity, and then creativity herself will send down like little lesser entities, like little fairies or little um, pixies, 
And that's what Rose Smoking Flower Boy is. That's what like the individual projects feel like. It's like creativity sent me this thing, Rose Smoking Flower Boy. And it landed on my shoulder and like knocked on the side of my head and went, I really want to enter the world. Are you going to be the one that allows me to do it? Yeah. And it, it was like, I accepted the call. And when you accept the call, you kind of have to relinquish a lot of your control because you're entering into a partnership with the, with the completely separate entity. It's not like you doing this, like that approach just has never worked for me. Um, and once I started looking at it as if I was entering into a partnership with a completely separate entity, then it, then, then it, then that's, I mean, it moved me. Like, that's basically what it was. Like the, the, this, this little project, this, this, this music landed on my shoulder and said, I want to enter the world. Like I want to be born, but I need a human to, to, to allow me to do it. Are you going to be the human? Yeah. And I guess this time I was able to say yes. And, um, just be moved by it i suppose it sounds so dumb but no i i feel like i i shit i mallory i know you know what i'm talking about yeah. and if anybody's you know what episode is this eight nine ten i feel like if anybody's still listening to your podcast they're gonna be like oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about um yeah it's i understand what you're saying and it's because this is something i've really been thinking a lot about is like when I keep bringing up archetypes, but it's because I'm reading a lot of Carl Jung right now. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's got, okay. That's a whole nother conversation, dude. Like I've had some like massive synchronicities to the point where I'm literally saying out loud in the universe. I'm like, I, I get it. I know that you, I see this. I know what you're saying and I'm, I'm reading the freaking books. What more do you freaking want from me? You know, like I am reading the books, you know? So, um, but anyways, like introducing me to the thoughts of like really understanding the, the idea of the archetypes, like mm -hmm. in, in the way that you're talking about how we have these certain we it's and it goes to cycles and it goes to patterns and mm -hmm. and it the same thing goes for energies like mm -hmm. there are certain kind of uh mapped out versions of energetic like things that you can interact with and there's a thought there could be a like it's it's interesting to think about you know we think of ourselves as sentient beings you know but we're really just in meat suits and we have like this energetic something that's going through that's creating thoughts. And then like there's a lot to energy that we don't even really understand how we're reading each other's energy. And how like, we don't yeah, we're yeah. not very we don't very aware of that we have those senses. I think we're becoming more aware of those things. But yeah, that's what sensitivity is. Like the word sensitivity gets thrown around a lot. Like I'm sure you have been told some at some point in your life, just like I was told at some point in my life that I'm too sensitive or that I'm so yeah. overly sensitive. Yeah. And it's like kind of used as this like, oh, you cry easily. That's what a lot of people, that's what it feels like a lot of people mean when they say you're too sensitive. You you cry too easily or you get you get upset too easily or you get offended too easily. That's like a really unhelpful way to use that word because like sensitivity think about like when you when you use the word sensitivity to describe most anything else like 
you're basically just saying that the thing is like very, very um, perceptive to change. Uh, you know, I, I imagine like I've, I've reframed my own sensitivity as like a thread in like suspended in, I don't even know how to fucking describe this image, but basically the way that I kind of imagine it is like a little ribbon that's like attached to the ground, I guess, or like attached to something and then is um, attached to like a ceiling. So basically it's just this ribbon that's like end over end. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's this ribbon in this like blank room and I'm just imagining these scientists like watching some machine that's like tracking what the ribbon is able to detect. Like, Oh, change the temperature by 0.02 degrees and see if the ribbon picks it up. Um, and like, that's to me what sensitivity is, is like getting that ribbon to respond to every tiny change in the environment. Mm -hmm. And so sensitivity at this point, you know, to, to be a little bit more practical at this point, uh, to be a little bit more practical, um, sensitivity to me feels like just being more aware of things that are not immediately in front of your eyes, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like, like if you're only seeing, if you have to see things with your two actual eyes, you're probably not as sensitive as you could be. Like sensitivity is starting to be, is like being able to see things beyond the things that you can just actually physically see with your actual eyes. It's like seeing with your third eye mm -hmm. Yeah, to use that language. For sure. And I think that we all have this capability. It's mm -hmm. just like we just don't have we have not put an emphasis on like number one, that we have these capabilities. It's like shut mm -hmm. off. And then number two, yeah, we don't always engage with it the right way or people, um, you know, misinterpret it or, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a whole different, it's a whole deal in itself. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's like very interesting that like going back to the archetype thing. And I know, I know the freaking time thing just popped up so um if we need to we'll, we'll cut out and come back in if we need to but but yeah it sounds like to me you have engaged with that one of those bigger energetic archetypes mm -hmm. um and it's like flows it flows through you and so like okay go it, it's it's really interesting to think about. i was talking about we think of ourselves as like these sentient beings and but we're really you know just I think we're in this meat suit to because we're in this realm, but you know, like there's other there's energetic stuff going on, there's cycles going on, we, we're aware of that. What if there's like another layer to this and there are these energies and it kind of goes into the mythology, um yeah. like the Greek gods and stuff like mm -hmm. that, where it's really interesting to think about these energies have their own entities. Yeah, exactly. The, I, I mean, it's just the, I believe in I believe in all of that stuff. I believe in astrology. I believe in mythology. I believe in magic and witchcraft and all of that because all that it seems to be to me is a story. Mm. It's like a, it's like creating a story around things that are nearly impossible to describe because stories are easier for us to understand. But there's yes. a reason that like 
the story of Jesus and the story of Buddha seem to mirror each other in a lot of places. Like there's a reason that the Greek mythology and the Roman mythology and like Hindu mythology, like there's a lot of overlap between all of these things, because to me, humans, you know, just one, I guess one way of looking at it. And this is the way that makes a lot of sense to me um, is that like, you know, humans are not individual sentient beings. They're individual expressions of one sentient of, of sentience itself. Yes. Not even a sentient being. It's like, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, I'm hesitant to say like, Ooh, humans are individual expressions of another sentient being. I just think it's sentience itself, like mm. consciousness itself. And I humans are just individual expressions of consciousness itself. I and consciousness. That. Yeah. Is an, it's just another word for God or the universe or the one or the universal or the Tao. Like it's, yeah, I, I I love that so much, and I, that resonates big time. And but yeah, these are things that have been really, really heavy on my mind, and what I've just been reading about, and it's really interesting. And I I really see a lot of benefit, whether it's whether it's true or whatever. What it doesn't matter. It's like first of all, we're we're here to just engage with these thoughts and like ideas, and why the yeah. like why the hell not ponder these things, things like yeah things don't have to be literal to be real yes yes and that that's another thing like you can ponder these things without giving it a concrete this is what it is like this is fact or this is how it is or you don't have to completely yeah. change the way that you think about things and make it like that's the end all be all the hill that you're dying on and that's how you're going to see the world through only those lenses like no 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 right. no, no no it's just like try to put those lenses on, see what it looks like through those lens, learn from this, what you see through those. But then like you can wear other glasses, like other days. You don't have uh, to exactly. always wear and like different times of the day. Like in the morning when I get up, I put on my freaking like I'm in my Zen lens. Okay. Cause I'm trying to be <laughs> yeah. Zen. But then when I go to work, I put on my like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm a person in the society lens, you know, and I'm having to like, do yeah. these certain things, whatever, but it's just, that's, I don't that's know. Been, that was a big part of, of making, I mean, it's still currently a big part of like my approach to uh, my music career in general is like understanding and being sensitive to how I'm feeling on certain days, but also being very aware of the fact that like, you know, everybody knows independent musicians have to be artists, they have to be marketers, they have to be content creators, and they, they have to be the label, they have to do all these things. But a lot of people's analysis kind of just stops there, and they kind of just complain. And I understand the impulse to complain. I definitely spent a lot of time complaining about it. But my life got infinitely better when I started to realize that, like, my creativity could shine through in each one of those roles. I just had to be aware of what role I was playing when and why mm. so like switching between like in in the context of creating an album uh you know you have to be the songwriter you have to be the recording artist and you have to be the producer and those are three distinctly different roles to play and if you're kind of just unconsciously like throwing yourself at something and you're you're like hitting a wall that could be the reason why like a lot of my frustrations with recording in the past have come from me trying to like do the process of of producing or recording music but trying to act like you know the like free-spirited artist whose job it is 
whose only job is to come into the studio and like capture magic. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I've now gotten to the point and, and I did this throughout Rose Smoking Flower Boy. Like I would have recording days and I would have producing days. Um, and I even like to get a little bit more granular with the roles and I like to play the role of setup guy. So one thing that I do before a recording session is I'll like go in and I'll set everything up and I'll even allow myself to like complain about it and I'll bitch about how bad all my mic stands are and I'll say, oh, this mic's a piece of shit. I don't know why we're using this one. Well, it's the only one we got. Like I'll play the role of the grumpy, you know, <laughs> setup dude. Tech. Yeah, exactly. We've all met the grumpy sound tech. Like it's fun to play for 30 minutes while I set the studio up. Then I leave the room, smoke some weed, drink some water. And then it's like, now it's time to be the artist. Change my clothes, throw the sunglasses on, walk in like I'm a freaking rock star and then record some shit. And then like, it's fun to go back and forth like you know, like literally just like one second I'm the artist, then I've got to be the producer. Then I've got to be the artist. Then I got to be, because the artist in me will sit there like a lunatic for hours and just be like, do it again, 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 do it again. But the producer in me has to step in after five takes and be like, nope, we're good, man. You got it. You got it. I'll fix it. We can, we can edit. We can do this. I really <laughs> I like that that mindset of like you breaking it up where, okay, I'm this guy now. I'm okay. Now I'm going to leave the room and come back. And so what, what made you decide to start that process like that? Like, how did you develop that? Um, it is another one of those things that wasn't necessarily a conscious decision in a moment, but honestly, honestly, it's like, weed is one of the things that helps me do that because really what what it what the whole process I'm descri describing is like the process of slowing down and being more mindful and more aware of what I'm feeling inside what I'm trying to accomplish and what I need to do to accomplish those things and in the anxious mind it just goes yeah. and and when it when your mind is doing that it's nearly impossible to recognize fucking anything but especially like to recognize how you're feeling what it is you're trying to do what part of yourself would be best suited to doing the thing and honestly smoking weed forces me to slow down not even that it forces me it invites me to slow down mm. it invites me to make the decision to breathe three times in a row and then um actually think about what it is I'm trying to do and be aware of who I am trying to be in that moment. Mm. And so like, you know, Rose Smoking Flower Boy, and this is something that I've done in the past. Like I've, I've kind of dabbled without really being aware, but this project was the first time that I was like, Oh, I'm very aware of what I'm doing right now. Mm. And, um, it, it's honestly like, it's made it all a lot more fun. And, and this is kind of why I'm able to sustain what I feel like is a, pretty high content output level at this point. Like I'm uploading Instagram reels and TikToks like, you know, multiple times a week and I'm not doing, you know, three times a day for endless growth. Like I'm not doing that shit, but I'm being consistent and I'm making content that isn't draining for me to make because I've recognized uh, when it's time to switch into the content creator role. And I've learned how to develop the content creator role to be more creative and more carefree and more whatever. Um, so it just, it just makes my entire life better. And like, I don't know, I can tell a short story that just like 
illustrates all of this. Um, last week I went to the river. Um, there's just a little like secret spot that I found by the Cumberland river, not far from my house. And I went out there and I played guitar. Um, and, and like, I took my phone and my little tripod and I planned to, to get some, to get some promotional stuff. And I went out there and I sat my phone up and I just kind of like sat by the, the water and just like played a song and played whistle in the holler actually, and then talked about it. Um, and it was like a 10 minute video was the first video that I made. And I found myself, uh, talking to myself out loud after I recorded the, the video, I felt myself switch into a, into the, the like director role or the, the content creator role, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so something that I, that I now do at this point when I'm really trying to make good promotional content is I'll set my camera up and then I'll switch into the, you know, fairy artist, childlike, you know, whatever. And I'll do, I'll play that role in front of the camera and then I'll, um, stop recording and then I'll switch back to the content creator slash director, producer, whatever. And I'll be like, good job. Like you just did your job. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. That was great. Now let's adjust. Let's talk about naked for a few minutes. So let's move the camera. Let's get this set up and let's make sure it looks good. Okay. And boom. And then it's time to switch into like, I'm Michael Witt and I'm just this like dancing fairy by the river and here's my song naked and here's why it's important to me. And then I'll make that video and then I'll stop hitting record. And then I'll say the same thing. Great job. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. What a wonderful job you just did. Excellent. And it, it took me about an hour that I was out there by the river. And at the end of the hour, I got like 30 or 40 minutes worth of video content that I'm still chopping up. Um, because you only have to post like 30 seconds at a time. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So in an hour, I was able to get like weeks worth of content in a way that wasn't draining at all. It was actually fun and like invigorating because I got to go sit by the river and like do what I would have wanted to do anyways. I just like, you know, <clears throat> for 10 minutes, I had to like kind of, you know, be the content guy and yeah. set the camera up and obsess about the phone angle. But, you know, there's a time to switch that off. When I feel myself getting too obsessed with the phone angle, the artist steps in and is like, this doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's, that sounds like that's really benefiting you is kind of breaking up the roles and, and it almost like it's helping you be more mindful of how, what you're trying to do at that moment. Like what you're saying, just slowing yeah. down. Like, what am I, what am I feeling? What is my, the point of this? What's the goal? And yeah. sort of helps keep those things on track and it's like when it when it sucks is whenever one of the roles crashes the party you know <laughs> like okay yeah. you're being you are funking up the mood you are being yep. too much like this role is uh flooding over to this role and you uh -huh. know and that's like but the, that's probably with the moments where it's good to just like step away completely and have a complete That's when it's reset, time to play yeah. the role of a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a person. Just go sit on the couch, man. Go Take eat a some time ice out. cream. Yeah. <laughs> go eat a Snickers. You're not yourself. Go eat, a, <laughs> go eat a Snickers and chill the fuck out for a little <laughs> bit because all of us are sick of dealing with you. You are freaking out of control. You're freaking me out, man. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I've been there. For sure. So where did the title of the album come from? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I got together with a group of fellers here in Nashville. I think it was at the end of February. Um, 
a friend of mine named Chris, who I actually met through TikTok. Uh, he plays bass. And he introduced me to this guy, John, who plays drums. And then John had this friend, Eric, who plays guitar. So it kind of just came together one day later in February. Um, I went over to uh, the drummer's house and we were sitting on the back porch. Um, you know, we, we like got together in the room. We set up, we played like a song or two. And then I was like, do y'all want to go outside and smoke a little bit? And they were like, yeah. So we went and sat outside and I had you know i'm always happy to to provide the herb uh so i pulled my little tin out and i grabbed a j and i started passing it around and uh at the end of the circle it was coming back to me and i was like oh shit y'all i probably should have mentioned like there's other stuff in this and they looked at me like what the fuck is this oh, did guy you talking lace? about like, <laughs> They were like, "What the fuck, man? What do you mean? You just you just passed this all the way around, and you didn't tell us that there. What are you talking about?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, oh, nothing. I mean, like rose petals. Like there's like rose petals and hibiscus and lavender and stuff." And they were like, "Oh, we thought you meant like PCP." Dude. <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, no, no. I would never do that. Uh, I would never do that." But I just, you know, I was like, "I want you to know. I don't want you to just hand you something that you're not aware of. Like I want you to be fully aware of what I'm giving you. And if you don't want it, you don't have to have it." Um. And the guy, the drummer, John, looked at me and was just kind of like, oh, okay, little flower boy. And, uh, you know, he kind of said it like with a joking smirk, you know. Um, and I, it was just like, I don't know why that little moment was so important to me, but something about it stuck. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm, I'm happy for this, this, this dope-ass fucking drummer to just be like, okay, little flower boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like just like kind of a playful moment between you two, you know. Yeah, yeah, this guy that I had just met. Um and uh, it, it just like, you know, I hadn't heard that term in a long time, you know, flower boy, like it just it doesn't really get used all that much anymore. So getting called a flower boy was like the best affirmation ever because it was like, oh, that's a perfect way to describe what I am. That's exactly <laughs> what I am. Yes. Yes. Um, and I don't remember. Like, it, thank it you. That night. Yeah, it was like, thank you. And, and you know, they all thought it was great. They, they, they loved my chamomile and lavender laced. Uh, joints um <laughs> but um i don't think it was that night but but uh you know sometime soon after that i made a friends only tiktok and i was just like sitting in the dark and i was just like y'all i just thought of the most perfect name for an album and i told the same story that i just told you and i was like the album name is rose smoking flower boy and i love it because it like obviously describes me but it's also one of those things that like you read it and if you don't have context you're kind of like what you know like, there's something more to it almost. exactly you're like this is like a very specific thing like rose it's not just like flower boy it's rose smoking flower boy so it's like it's it's got a little intrigue to it um so yes. i put that on my friends only tiktok and um a lot of people responded and were like that's fucking amazing that's like perfect that perfectly describes you in the music that you make uh some people were like the album's got to get made now and that was you know really before i had fully conceptualized what this project was going to be it was kind of just like the album name came before the decision to even make the album um so yeah that's 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 where it came from rose smoking flower boy is, is just me it's just another way of saying michael witt god that's so beautiful i love that it has you know, a really good story behind it. And yeah, I, the name is, it's like Rose Smoking Flower Boy. It doesn't have any, if somebody just comes across that, they're not going to know what it actually means, but it's, you know that 
there's stuff behind that and you kind of also do know what it means in a gist. Right. It right. gives you a little bit of an atmosphere, but there's exactly. also you know that there's something more behind this title. There's there's a lot more behind it. It's like just the tip of the iceberg. It sets the tone immediately. Exactly. Um but like you said there's like an intrigue and you want to explore the story behind this title, you know? Exactly. And it fits in so perfectly with my new intro that I've developed for myself. Um, I'll do it for you real quick. Yeah, yeah, do it. I'll, I'll do the long version. The long version is is fun. Um, okay, so here's, this is basically what I do every time I go live on TikTok and I'm, you know, I kind of work it in <laughs> whenever I can. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Welcome to Michael Witt's Magical Fam Jam Fantasy Hour. I am Michael Witt. I'm a guitar slinging, magic making, kayaking, Birkenstocking, nature walking, bird watching, rose smoking flower boy. Woo! Woo! I love it. Yeah, it's fun, Perfect. right? I can I can shorten it. Usually, it's just I'm a guitar slinging, magic making, freak folk artist from Nashville. But if I feel like you know extending it, I could. I mean, mm -hmm. I could just go on forever and ever and ever. Kayaking, Birkenstocking, <laughs> nature walking, bird watching. It's perfect. It's it's, it's perfect. you in a nutshell, and it's as me as it fucking gets. I freaking love it. I love it so much. And there's so much around this album, and I'm so happy for you. Like this whole time for you, I can, I can just see that that like sparkle in your eye when you talk about it and whenever you just like I don't know I'm really happy for you and I'm glad that you did this and super pumped and proud of you man I freaking love the songs already I'm really excited to hear uh, the next I'm, one's coming I'm, out I'm ready for you to hear history mystery that one in particular that's the song about a cowboy wizard oh. um and it goes right into a song called Charlie Kind. And I'm ready for you to hear those too. Cause I think I think it's at the it's the culmination of the whole album. Like it's the it's the 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 climax is is Charlie Kind. And I think you're gonna be like, dude, this is the goofiest. Like this is so dope. It's like so hokey. History mystery is so fucking hokey. Um and and like I love that about it. And I'm oh god, I'm just excited for everybody to, you know, hear this album. Uh, you know, everybody on TikTok that's been a part of this loves it. They they loved being a part of it. They poured their energy and love and excitement and enthusiasm and support into this. And like I said it to them a billion times, and I'll say it a billion more until the sun turns blue. But like Rose Smoking Flower Boy would not have been possible without Michael Witt's magical fam jam fantasy hour on TikTok. Like those people allowed me to sustain the energy to make this project because like i'm sure you know what it's like to be holed up away like a mad scientist alone and to like not really know what's going on mm -hmm. and like having people there throughout the process not only giving their energy and just excitement and saying you know we love what you're doing. Just keep doing it. Um, but like they helped me edit vocals and stuff. Like I would go on TikTok live and I'd be like, all right, we got five vocal takes yesterday. You watched me lay down all five. Um, now let's go through and like pick the best clips from each one. It's called comping um, for those who aren't aware. But um, yeah, like that, It like having them there allowed me to go into the studio you know, on one day and be like, okay, today I'm recording vocals and all I'm going to do is hit record and go all the way through the song. And like, we'll just let the magic happen. And then the next day 
we'd go in and be like, okay, now we've got five or six magical takes. Now let's go through and like be real technical about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I didn't really have to do any type of vocal tuning. Um, I didn't do a whole ton. Like there's really not a whole lot of plug-in editing action going on just because it was like, I did as many one takes as I could. And then I just clipped and made one super take out of the five, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And the people on TikTok made that possible. Like I, I just like wouldn't, you know, I would be remiss if I walked away from this interview without giving as much um, explicit, intentional love and affection and, and like, just, just like overflowing gratitude to the people who have been with me since I started making this album. Um, and it's like, it, it's, it, it really is, is uh, difficult to describe how it feels to have anybody paying attention uh, anybody. And, and like I've said, it's, it's a small group, but like there are people paying attention and that's wild to me. Mm. And to me, it's just like, it's, 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 um, proof that if I just accept the call, then the music will give me the things that I want, which is adventure and community Mm. (laughs) that the music can give me. If yeah. I start asking for money, it's like, eh, I don't want to scare the thing away by being like, you've got to make sure, I, you, I need you to pay for a Toyota Prius. <laughs> um, <I don't> want- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. That's, that's the dream car for me is a Toyota Prius. Yeah, it's like, um, hey, um, <laughs> I'm having fun. This is magical and all, but I do need a Toyota Prius, so any... <laughs> Freaking day now, that'd be cool. Freaking day now, creativity. You know, I'm 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 going with the flow. I've got the <laughs> incense burning. I'm in my vibe now. Freaking, where's the Prius? <laughs> where's the Prius, bitch? I just took five super- takes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just did five takes, and you promised me a Prius. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's honestly been a big game changer is like, is like, um, you know, recognizing what it is that I actually want and, and, and being willing to ask for it and, uh, the music will provide. And, you know, there's also an element of me being like, okay, you know, if I'm going to do five vocal takes and then I'm going to give myself a milkshake, like that, that's more reasonable. The music is willing to be like, okay, I'll give you five vocal takes in exchange for a milkshake. But if you ask for anything more, I'm going to run away scared and you're never going to see me. Yeah, I'm very delicate. Oh yeah. She's a fickle mistress. She Um, definitely is. And that's okay. I don't want it to be easy. I I want it to be, that's what I love about it. You know, I, I want to learn from it. And, um, and I think that's, I definitely think that's what we're doing with all of this stuff for sure. I mean, think about, think about where both me and you were just two years ago, like, like pre pandemic 2019 and Uh, where we are today. That's mm -hmm. really incredible. You know? Yeah. It's it, it, I feel very grateful for, you know, the, the, the steps that I've taken before this, but, and I feel grateful for being in Dallas. Like it was a necessary stage, but Jesus Christ. I didn't realize how bad a fit that city was for me until I, you know, got to Nashville. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, maybe that was part it, of it, you know, like it. Yeah. It, yeah. It gave you a perspective of like when you went somewhere else, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. This is more like it. This is, yeah. this is more of my vibe. But yeah. I, I have a feeling, honestly, that if I were to leave Dallas, I would feel the exact same way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's like a me. big part of me where 
I, I just kind of have, and, and it's probably been within this last year that I've really been like genuinely in my mind can say, yeah, I think I could live in a different state. Like I yeah, genuinely yeah. could. And yeah. I'm finally to that point where I can wrap my head around that. And, and I do have a, a real kind of actual desire to do that a little bit. It's kind of, who knows if that'll even ever happen, but right. Um, how does Carol feel about it? She kind of feels the same way. Yeah. Um, does it, does the thought scare you? Oh yeah. Like when you really think about it, does your heart beat a little bit faster? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I immediately start thinking about how would that even, you know, it just overwhelms me immediately. I totally get that. I but totally get that. I definitely I've, know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you know, the past couple of weeks, the the big thing that I've learned because I I started busking, you know, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, um, which for those who don't know what busking is, it's it's when you just go into public and like play music like on a street corner or in a park or anything like that. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me. The first time I went out, I was sitting in my car just like shaking. I was so afraid. And like I played gigs before, it, you know, I just was like, why? What is going on? Why am I so scared? Um, and there was just a moment where I was like, okay, get out of the car and then just pretend like you're not afraid. Like, just like pretend like you're not afraid and just like give the people a show. Like you're in music city, like give people the music city experience by being the weird fairy guy playing music in the park, even though nobody asked him to. And so I did that. And then like the lesson that I've come to learn um, and it's, you know, a lesson that I learned back in August, September, right after moving to Nashville, I just didn't recognize it at the time. But basically, a lot of times the things that make me feel afraid are like the things that I need to do. Mm. And it's like a magic, like imagine like a magical crystal that's been separated. So there's two halves and like imagine going on a quest to get them back together. And once, like, when the crystal halves get closer together, they, like, vibrate, and they shake, and they glow, and they just, like, you know, when they're right on top of each other, it's, like, uncontrollable shaking and vibrating. That, to me, is what fear has started to feel like a lot of the time. Obviously, if you're standing on top of a fucking cliff and you're afraid to jump off, that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, when it comes to situations like playing music in the park, when I'm sitting in my car shaking, rather than listening to the voice of fear because um, the voice of fear is like you're shaking because something terrible is about to happen to you um, which you know that's the voice that I spent a lot of my life listening to um, I've I've kind of decided to listen to the voice of excitement mm. um, or like anticipation or just the, the voice of magic whatever basically when I feel my body shaking out of nervousness, I've started to recognize it as just like buzzing excitement. And it's like, I found the other half of the crystal. Like one half is in my heart and the other half is like wherever I am right now, because it's shaking so hard. I can hardly breathe. Mm. And, um, after the first experience busking, like it, it, it was, it was like, it became so clear so quickly. Like, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I've needed to be doing for a long time. Um, and I just have been made aware of over and over and over again over the past year that like on the other side of your fear is your most 
magical existence and like so much is possible um to the point where i kind of want to like chase things that i'm afraid of mm. like it's like i want to go find what i'm afraid of and then do it that's amazing that's i agree man i think we and especially like just our lives and our society and because we don't have a lot of immediate like we're not getting chased by tigers or we're not having <laughs> to be out in a jungle or something like that where we're having to think about our literal survival at right. any moment you know so it is interesting whenever we let that sort of like primal fear take over us in situations where we're literally not in danger you know like uh -huh. we're, we're exactly. not in actual danger it's a mental uh like thing that's going on not to say that it, that's like wrong or something like that but it's just like it's really interesting when you gain a little bit of perspective like what you're saying it sounds like you know being able to recognize that okay whoa 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 i'm like i'm in the park and I'm, it's cool. Like, I'm actually not afraid. I'm, this is a physiological response. These are thoughts. Like, I don't have to engage with those thoughts. I can mm -hmm. let that thought pass and then engage with this other thought that's like the badass thought. Like, you are mm -hmm. supposed to be here. You are the musician. You are having fun. You are the fairy that's supposed to be in the park today. You are at home, like yo, go out and have fun. Exactly. You're not being chased by a tiger, so why don't don't act like that? You know exactly. Um, Fear gets to sit in the very back seat. Creativity and magic get to sit in the captain's chairs. I'm in the driver's seat, obviously, but um, the voices that I'm actually taking directions from are creativity and magic, and you know, compassion. Um, Fear gets to the very back, and like every once in a while, we'll take what it says into account. But fear never gets to decide where I turn the wheel. Mm, I love that. Ever. And honestly, I've started to look at fear as a friend in disguise because, I mean, I, I'm just like so prone to hyperactivity and anxiousness in my mind. So usually fear is screaming in the back seat, like, oh my God, please don't turn left. Please don't turn left. <laughs> and now I'm like, turning i'm looking left and being like oh well i wasn't gonna but that looks like fun man let's go like that's that's kind of the perspective shift and it's i i mean it, it's it's like led to all the things that i'm doing now mm. um that's badass it's like a lot of a lot of these things have clicked for you it sounds like and driving your you know driving this project and driving your perspective and um that's super beneficial Maybe we can wrap it up by you like telling me like what's what are the next steps for the album release? I know you said that there's one dropping tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Kind of what's the timeline? What what yeah. can the people expect from it and Yeah, yeah. What's kind of unfold between now and June 21st? Well, um a lot is going to unfold since you asked. Okay, so Heaven Doesn't Stay the Same is releasing uh, at the time that we're recording this in about six hours, uh, so midnight on uh, May 31st. Sweet Jane, to me, is a, the hit of the album and just in general is a hit. I think in the right hands, this song could soar. Um, but, you know, it doesn't need to for me to love it. I still love it just the same. Sweet Jane is coming out on June 10th. 
Uh, and then the full album is coming out on June 21st. So between now and then, I'm kind of just, you know, releasing a couple of singles and I'm just posting snippets. I'm posting clips from the the Rose Smoking Flower Boy TikTok live sessions. Um, I'm going to the river and making little clips talking about what these songs mean to me. Just basically sharing more of my own um, feelings about this project and like the process behind this project. Um, and then on June 21st, when the whole album comes out, I am, uh, getting off my phone for a week. I'm taking a break. Um, and I, uh, I'm just going to like allow myself to decompress for a little bit, but that is not the end of the whole thing. Um, because I am going on a house show tour later in August, um, like late August through September. And it's like, it's all so up in the air and it's a house show tour. And like, I don't really know what it's going to look like. I probably won't be able to take the bus cause diesel is so expensive. So I'm probably just going to be in my car with like a hammock. Um, so, you know, who knows what that'll end up looking like, but I'm going to do it in whatever, you know, capacity it ends up being. So Rose Smoking Flower Boy is out June 21st. House show tour to promote Rose Smoking Flower Boy and to meet up with all of my delightfully strange friends as uh, happened in late August, around September. Um, and in the meantime, I am, am just going to be posting snippets, telling stories and selling merchandise. Uh, if anybody wants to get in on the uh, the uh, uh, collector's experience that is the first ever merchandise drop from Michael Witt. You can go to my website, michaelwittmusic.com slash store, I believe it is. I can't remember if it's store or shop. That's so Let's awesome. See. Yeah, michaelwittmusic.com slash store, and you can go peruse my wares, my magical wares. You can get a t-shirt, a dad hat, a koozie. There's a little sticker that's a cardinal version of me. I've also got a personal poem option if you would like me to get stoned and sit in the grass and write you something special. I got all that. Um, so, you know, supply is sort of limited. I've, I've, I've got about half inventory of everything left. Um, I ordered an amount that I was confident I could sell out of and, you know, sell out we will. It's just a matter of time. Um, so if you want in on that, you can go to my website, michaelwittmusic.com slash store and get some delightfully strange merch. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to print these uh, particular items again. So now's the time to get them. Um, and that's pretty much it. We're, we're pretty much just in like full on, you know, rose smoking flower boy promo mode. Um, and, you know, I think in between the album release and the house show tour, obviously I'm going to be posting content and talking about it, but you know, elsewhere in my life and elsewhere in my creative life, I think I'm going to return to this short story that I was writing back mm. in like August, September, please October. Do. Please. Yeah. I, I got like seven or 8,000 words of this short story written. Um, you know, I was like, I was kind of writing this short story and I was trying to write songs and this and that and the other. And I kind of put the short story aside once I realized that like, maybe I should focus on the songs. Like once I started getting an inkling that like a project was forming, I put the short story aside. But lately I've been really wanting to return to it because that feels like a really good way to spend, you know, the summer is like continuing to promote, continuing to busk and whatnot, but not creating music not focusing so hard on writing music but just being like let me just chill go to a coffee shop and write this short story yeah. and um, you know who knows maybe maybe uh, in the fall of this year that story will be done and ready to you know print out i don't know if i'm ever going to publish it but i can certainly go to the library and print 
print the story out and just mail it to people. Hell yeah. Well, folks, there you freaking have it. Rose Smoke and Flower Boy is coming in hot, and I'm pumped for you. I'm freaking proud of you. I'm like, God, this is such an exciting time, and thank you for sharing with me all the details and how you got to this point. It's just always very interesting to hear, you know, like what's going on with you, how you're how you're maneuvering through life. You teach me so much, and it was just really, really cool hearing about the process, like very inspiring, and I'm excited to see like what unfolds from here, and regardless of what happens, it's going to grow into an even like more beautiful thing than it already is. And I feel the same way. I, I really appreciate all the kind words. You're, you're a compassionate, uh, generous, invigorating, creative friend. And it, it's always such a treat to get to engage with you really in any capacity. Um, but like, just, I, I, I'm glad you like the music. I really am. And I'm ready for you to have the whole album. Hell yeah. Well, I can't wait, and I love you, dude. I appreciate you, and thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mallory. Love you as well. And just like that, we have finished another episode of Malfunction, and if you're still around, you are awesome. Check out the show notes for all of the details for Michael's new album. You can click the links for all of his socials, for his music, and then there's also some links for Malfunction as well. Head over to Instagram and follow our page at malfunction underscore pod. That's at M-A-L-F-U-N-K-T-I-O-N underscore pod. And until next time, let's keep the funk in malfunction. Peace.